You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Good evening, church. Why are we humble? Good evening, church. It's Damia Iblemo with us and Von Shatrin worship. Everybody is now in the spirit. Please let us be here together. Amen. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, so today I want to share the word. And before that, I want to thank my pastor, Pastor Busala, for the opportunity to share the word this evening. And I'm grateful for the opportunity, Mar. Um, so we're going to be sharing about, today is, this is Missions Month. And I'm very excited because it's a month where we're reminded about the instruction, the commandment, the commission, whatever you want to call it, that God gives to us to go out and make disciples of all nations. He didn't even say go and preach. That's even the one that's really busted my head. He didn't say go and preach. He said go and make disciples. So I think he's, it's kind of like I assume that you're already preaching. Just go and make sure that they are now the disciples. So if you're not even preaching, so you kind of need to catch up because the instruction was going to make disciples. So you need to preach, get them saved, and then disciple them. And for those that may not know, discipleship is an act of helping a new believer, someone who doesn't get to Christ, becoming more grounded in God, knowing more about God, to the point that they themselves have that assurance of their own salvation. And I hope I'm not speaking Christianese. What I mean to say is that the person grows into God. They know God for themselves. They can stand on their own as believers and hopefully also minister to other people. So that's what it means to disciple somebody. Yeah, so um, today we're going to be speaking about the battlefield. And it reminds me of a book by one of our most famous and anointed ministers, Joyce Mayer, Battlefield of the Mind. You know, so, so a little bit of background. Um, my professional career, my first professional career is marketing. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a powerful um, um, tool because the devil and, and even those on the market out of the industry understand the power of marketing and psychology. And they use it to communicate their agendas, whatever it is, whether it's good or bad agendas, they, they, they sit down and create stuff and put it out there. Some people just see it as, oh, an event, a program, a policy. People sat down to create those things, you know? And this is what God is asking us to do. So when he gathered his people together, he didn't just tell them to go and minister in one small corner. He said, go and make disciples of, he didn't say of Jerusalem. He said of nations. And there was no airplane that time. So they're walking there. So, yeah, we fly, you know, we enter bus, we enter ships. They were walking to wherever God was sending them to go to. So the vision wasn't even a go and go for evangelism down the road and come back. No, that wasn't the vision. It was to nations that they don't even know exist. That was what God asked them to do. So it's like a, a mega, like, international campaign. <laughs> if there's a word for that, like, he literally called them together and said, guys, I have this vision for you before I ascend dramatically to heaven. I want you to create a massive campaign. I'll give you the Holy Spirit as your, as your advantage. And I want you guys to go global. That was the idea. And if that's not market, I don't know what that is. But I, I think that, I don't think, I know that the people that we read about in scripture, the ones we read about in God's generals, they have flesh and blood, though. God did not tell us. The only person that was fully God was Jesus, one man. Everybody else was fully man. 
So all those things they did, we can do them and more. In fact, God even said in his word, that greater works shall you do. So if you thought I was awesome, you are supposed to do greater. That's, that's, that's actually who you are as a Christian. Because you are not just uh, a, a normal person. You'll be translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God. And you're seated in the spirit. You are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Like, you have authority in the spiritual. So you are supposed to be able to do greater. But, like, if you don't have knowledge, Bible says that the people perish for lack of knowledge. If you don't know, if you don't know that you are a son, like even the, um, um, the scripture says that the, the, the son, like a child is, is more or less not different from a slave until it becomes of age and realizes that I'm a son. So if you don't have that knowledge, you will be living like you are normal. You are just here. Not knowing that, you are more than here. And those who hear about God's generous, and, okay, God's generous is, is a book about amazing ministers of old. I think the 1800s, they helped me, or 1900s, I'm not sure. But amazing ministers of God, mostly in Europe and America, who did great things for God. But there were men and women, but women were actually there. Like us. And sometimes they have put some of the things that they did wrong because they were human. But these guys were sold out to God. Like, in their time, they were like mad people. But they were mad, or as in, they were high on God. Because if you are thinking like a logical human being, God can use you. And I'm not trying to diss anyone. Like, if you're trying to be reasonable and be normal and average... So a large extent, God may not use you. Like people who've done a bit more extra, they had to do something that was considered abnormal until the abnormal became normal. When Jesus actually um, came and then he chose 12 disciples and then 70. And then in fact, it was even still, things were even still good. When he left, that's when the real trouble started. When they killed him, you know, made him to die on the cross and all that, God, God, by God, there was a lot of persecution because what was existing was Judaism, you know, and then there was a hierarchy. You had the Pharisees, you had the Sadducees, and they had the people that go to the temple to um, read the Torah. That's the Old Testament. You know, that was what they knew. They had rabbis. They had a full structure on ground. So these new guys came from nowhere and said, after they finished making trouble, we've killed your leader. You are still meeting, and then, then it wasn't Christian, it was called the way. That's what it was called. So they were followers of the way. It was like a new movement. It was like a it was like a had a it was like a breakage from the from what the order of things. So they were like the rebels, the people that your parents want you, don't don't go there. If we see you there, you are grounded for life. That kind of thing. So they were the outcasts that people want their children not to join. And then the, the government of the day or the, the religious government of the day were trying all they can to keep them quiet. So that was when these guys were existing. And was one of the reasons why they now had to go stay in a place where they were trying to worship God and pray and kind of hide themselves in one small corner. But Holy Spirit came to say, guys, you guys forgot the great commission that God gave you. He didn't say you guys should come and worship in one corner. He said you guys should go out. But then he said, wait for the Spirit. Because they need boldness. In the world they were existing, <laughs> the Holy Spirit was their passport. Because these guys did not go to school. And they were not even schooled. So there was an order of um, even religious hierarchy of education. So like the way Paul was taught. These guys were not taught. They were, they were just like street hustlers, fishermen, all manner of... I think it was maybe the tax collector that was probably a bit taught as Matthew. 
but I think he was a doctor. No, I think Luke was a doctor. I'm not really sure my theology at this point. But I'm just saying that most of the disciples were rugged guys, street guys. They did not go there to vocational school. They learned from their father and their grandfather. That was how they were taught. So what was, what, what was the difference for them was the Holy Spirit came on them in Acts. And after that happened, the Bible says that they received boldness. And they went about preaching. And then we had the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit when they then began to speak in not just tongues, but the tongues of men. So you can speak in unknown tongues, tongue of angels, and then can speak Yoruba and Igbo and Russian and Greek and Chinese. They actually were speaking in people's languages that they don't even understand. And it was so unique because it was a, a festival. Yeah, so um, Pentecost was, I'm trying to remember the feast. What was the feast that they were having at that point that was coinciding with Pentecost, if you can remember? Was it, no, it was not Pentecost, it was something else. Was it, was it Passover? Oh, really? Okay, great. There was a particular feast, whether before or after, that people of the world actually, maybe the Passover, I'm not sure which of the feasts, whether Passover or something else, that people of the world, some countries actually like came to, it was like going to Rome and visiting the Pope. Like there was a particular event that, a lot of people from outside Jerusalem were coming there. And so it was, it was brilliant because, remember the instruction God gave them was to go to the nations. But now the nations were coming to them. The nations were already coming to them. And that was when they decided to go and go to a, a separate corner to go have their special ministration unto God. And then they had that. So they broke out of there, interacted with the peoples. Then Peter went up to speak and amazing things happened there. And that was their first contact with exposing Jesus to the nations before another persecution made them scatter. But where I'm coming from is that both in the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, in the times of old and in the present times, our differentiating factor is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. If you don't consciously get filled and refilled, you cannot have that. That boldness makes you think beyond the natural. It makes you think beyond what will people say? What will the government say? Would they, would they um, give me permission? Is this legal? Is this not legal? Would, they, would the people follow me? Will people believe me? Will people think I'm mad? If God, actually, the Old Testament, Old Testament is full of really amazing situations where God spoke to people and told them to do things that if you were the one and they told you that God said, you said no, the devil must have been speaking to you. They, they were not things that sounded like normal stuff. Which man said that if you're operating on the normal level, just basically live your life the way you are planning your own life yourself. Most likely you might miss God. So from time to time, you want to go to God and say, God, what's on your mind for, for the world? What, do you, what would you have me to do? And you put yourself in a place where God can speak to you about his plans and empower you with the spirit to execute. Because the reason I love God is that God is God that he sends you an assignment and goes with you. He goes with you to do it, comes back with you. It doesn't like a parent that will send you on a errand with your name. He sends you with his name and he goes with you to accomplish it. So like, like success is not guaranteed. It has been achieved. So you're just going in the wake of, it has been done already. Let me just go and show up. That's what you're doing. You're just showing up. You're not trying to get it done. God has done it. But you need to be sensitive to God so that you are able to win that battle. First for your own soul. Because it's wanted to be saved and wanted to, to keep being saved. Because like I said, the devil is consciously putting out amazing campaigns to make sure that you lose your salvation, if it's possible. 
So ensuring that you keep being safe and then ensuring that you are positioned and available to be used by God to save other people who are losing themselves to the devil and they're not even aware that they are. But if you are in the natural and you're still burdened down with the cares of this life, what you should eat, what you should wear, what's trending on Instagram, what's trending on Twitter, what will be your next goal, what will not have you. If that's what you're worried about, you will not be thinking of higher matters. You won't be thinking about how to get people saved. You won't be thinking about how to make sure that your friends who are going astray get back to God. You'll be thinking about your cousins or your friends or from high school or uni that you'll be talking to, that you hang out with, that you are not sure of their salvation. You won't be thinking about how to pray them back into God. Because you are caught up in your own self. And also one thing I love, about, uh, I think it was Matthew 6, verse 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Every, 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 no matter what you put under the every, everything, your, your wants, your demands, your goals, everything there shall be added. And I've tested this from time to time. Like I have genuine things that I can create a, a laundry list. And I put it and I say, God, you know, my, you, know, you know what I need? And I know that you know them fine. <laughs> I know that I know them. But I'm not going to come here for that. I'm going to go here for something else that is on your mind. Because I know that if I deal with what's on your mind, my own, mean, my own things are sorted out. And that's what provoked God for Solomon. Like Solomon was probably a young person. I don't know what, how old he was, but relatively young. Because then he used to live to 1,000. So I don't know how young he's young then. But he was relatively young and his father died. Yeah? And he was like, and then he wasn't even the firstborn. He was like the last of the last or something. So he didn't even see it coming that he would be king. And then voila, announcement. Your father said that, or your father told him that, oh, not your eldest brother, but you. And it wasn't like me lead these people. How? When? Like, I was trained to be a prince, not a crown prince to take over the king. Like, I don't even know my left or my right. What do I do? So I was just afraid. And he was like, God, he went to worship God in the temple, sacrifice the love. I said, God, what do you want? He said, please give me wisdom. Because this is your assignment that you have given me to do. <laughs> I need help. I need to be able to lead these people right. Like, my father did a great job. I'm, I'm inspired by the man, but I don't know what I'm doing. I was like, wow, you didn't ask for wealth. You didn't ask for power. You didn't ask for this. I will give you what you ask, and I'll give you much more. Because he wasn't thinking about himself. He was thinking about, God, I have an assignment that you've ordained I should do, but I don't know how to do it. God was like, I'm seeing your heart, and I'm going to give you much more than what you're asking for. So today, I'm here to encourage us that I want you to have that kind of heart for God. I say, God, I'm here, I'm asking. What would you have me do? Or you are putting to God and say, God, I want to put up this nation. I'm going to in trouble right now. I want to put them. I want to put up um, the north, um, north south or not north. I want to intercede for these people, the Christians there, those who are appointed for salvation. And you just basically put that case on your matter. Or whatever it is that you want to do. If you're working in a company where you feel like things are not going right, put your bosses and your colleagues' name on a particular sheet and you pray them to salvation. So that whatever office point is happening, it just reduces or disappears because you just pray them to alignment. Like you literally can't put anybody on your, as in you try can make anybody a prayer point positively. And you, you will see, I've seen it happen before. You will see God move because you are, you're forgetting that you're not just a believer, a Christian. You're a child of God. Like you know what it means to be a child of God? Like a language to a lion. Like God is your father. 
you are made in the image and likeness of God. You have creative power. Like you can come to be things that are not and they will be. That's how, that's, that's who you are. But if you're not conscious of your authority as a Christian, as a believer, you keep living a life that you're just managing, you're just hustling, and life is beating you up and down, and then you are just hustling with life, hustling with life. Life wins you today, you win life tomorrow. You're just playing back to back. You're not really taking control. You're not soaring. You are not because you are allowing yourself to be weighed down. And you are supposed to weigh down because you are in this world. The world is designed, eh? If you're not aware, let me break it down for you. The world is designed to weigh you down, to distract you, to make you lose salvation. That's the plan. But you're not of this world. You're not yet in heaven, so things are not at, they're not, there's no, like, you could really bomb where we're just worshipping God day and night. That's not it. So if you're expecting that things are designed, no. These are not designed to help you grow spiritually, no. So you have to fight for it. You have to plan to pray. You have to plan to read your Bible. You have to, as a consciously plan to go to church. You have to consciously preach the gospel. It's not going to happen. You won't feel like it. It's, if you're waiting for feelings, it won't come. It won't. So you have to, if you have to move, like the Bible says, if God will not move me, I will move. Literally, because it's written in the word of God. You don't have to hear another voice again to now tell you what is, is clear and as day for you to say, what should I do? When preparing for this today, I think one thing that made me realize why we may struggle to preach is that for some people it's like a it's like a chore and typically like okay let me give you a very good example how many people don't like washing plates i don't like washing plates i can't be the only one now guys there's some people like me don't don't so it's if you need to do that or cooking or whatever it is is, is your pet peeve you do it out of obligation so if you're the last born, where sometimes it's just like your, your, your born responsibility. Everybody just packs it up for you to come back and wash it. Even though you are not even at home the whole day. Like my house, that happens legit. Like you can travel and come back and miss the plates. <laughs> so, like it's just your last born thing. And then it's not just last born thing. It's like last child. So the last born leaves. It kind of graduates up to the person that is in the age, age hierarchy from below. Thankfully, I'm the first, so it never gets to me most times. <laughs> Except when they all plan they call and leave the house, and I'm like, God, so this is, this is how much work you guys do? I didn't know. Yeah, more. I think we'll see it as a, an obligation, a chore that once in a while, when the pastor then says, have you won a soul for Christ this month? You need to go and preach. They you know attempt to do it. Well, another way you can look at this is from a place of love. The Bible says in John 3, 16, I, I think some people know, do know it. It says, God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his son. It wasn't an easy thing. It was like a sentence, God so loved the world. Like, it was not as easy as the wrote letter to. But they won't play some, some small drama in the Bible where Jesus said, like, what if it's not your will? <laughs> it, it wasn't an easy choice. But it was a choice that had to be made for the, for the salvation of mankind. God so loved the world that he gave his son. And then his son decided to give himself so that whoever believes in the sacrifice he made will be saved. So when you find that there is, when you, there's love inspiring you. Like for example, if you find out something amazing, for example, there are some people here that are very, that are bookish. Nigerians typically, they have one of our, our advertisers, our, we like book, we like school. But some people that are particularly bookish people. If you found one scholarship for masters, or PhD, fully funded, 
Would you not share with your friends? I know you like books. You will share. You found a, a crazy opportunity, like a job in the UK where they pay you maybe $20,000 per, per, per month. Would you not share? You will share. So it's not that you don't know how to share. It's, that it's not like, ah, guys, have you heard about this? That's even the positive stuff. If you heard something negative, that fire was born in there, fighting somebody in your friend's neighborhood, would you not come and say, babe, are you at home? I hope you're not at home. They're fighting your neighborhood. <laughs> you will. So it, it's most times not, we don't feel the sense of urgency because things look normal. Oh, there's always traffic in Lekki. The Naira is always falling. I'm just trying to basically cheer up. I'm just saying like, things just look not like, oh, it's, it's Nigeria now. Nigeria is catching cruise please. Don't take them seriously. Like, it just looks really normal. So there is no sense of urgency. Like, people are dying and going to hell and you're not bothered. Like, why should I be bothered? Like, it's not richy. The same way Corona was, oh, it's China. God, please heal them. We're sending prayers to China. That's what it was in 2019. Until it reached Nigeria. Or it not reached Lagos. It not reached your family. Your friend's cousin's mother's brother has Corona. Your friend's brother. Your friend. It's not coming closer. That's when it's not becoming real. Before it was quite a far distance. Oh, Europeans. Oh, we're black. We're a special creation. Black people don't have Corona. You know, a lot of things, because it just seemed like it was quite a far thing that, oh, but the children of Israel, when Goshen is not going to reach here. A lot of funny things that came up, basically. But it's not, there's no, it doesn't feel like a sense of urgency because on the exterior, it looks like all is well. But what you don't understand is this spiritual battle being fought over your life, over my life. Even those are not saved, day and night. Like, it's almost like we're in an alternative universe where people are watching us like film. Like, people are making decisions on our matter. But we're supposed to be part of decision makers because we're not just normal people, but children of God. We're supposed to wake up at 5 a.m. The same way people that are believing in devils and all manner of causes. And you wake up and you're confessing. You're proclaiming. You are taking people's lives from the devil. But if you sleep and wake up, it's, oh, it's time to go to work. And you live your life, you're too busy to pray. People that believe in confessions and prayer and incantation and stuff, they've confessed before you woke up. You can't be on the same level spiritually. No, you can't. Some say, no, God is greater than the devil. Yes, God is greater than the devil. But I promise you, even in scripture, if people that worship the devil pay a kind of sacrifice, it kind of can put you on a disadvantage if you're not properly covered. Case in point, the Israelites. God actually sent them and was with them. Their opponents then sacrificed his crown prince to his gods. And he's like, God told them to go back home. Legit. That was the end of the battle. Like, when you learn about the Bible is the New Testament, they were extremely spiritual people. They fought physical battles, eh? While still fighting spiritually, literally. Not spiritually that they prayed in the night, though. Like, it's happening physically here. Spiritually, someone is carrying the ark. Somebody is raising Moses' hand. Like, they literally were doing spiritual things when the physical thing was in operation. Because they knew that life is not black and white. It's not about the strongest army. It's not that. It's not that. It's not that. They knew that they had to make sure that they were with God at all points. So you cannot be showing up at school, showing up at work, showing up at life without conversing with God. 
without having an understanding of God's plan for you. You cannot do that. You are just exposing yourself as in, you can't do that. You are, a, you are a child of God. You can't do that. How do you protect your own salvation when you are being careless about it? How do you help other people stay in line with God when you can't even, it, it's just important. You need to be aware that there's a battle for your life. There's a battle for the lives of your loved ones. It's a battle for the life of young people in Lagos, Nigeria, the whole world. And you, you have to be a part of the people that are ensuring that you are winning back people. Either on your knees, either speaking to them, either showing, loving, them, loving them up to salvation. Like the stories we heard today and other stories that I may or may not share. You can love people to salvation. Like I was telling the missions team members today, like my parents' generation, literally, I'm not going to forever in like 15 years ago. They print tracts. You will go to a hair fire if you don't give us to Christ. And it kind of works somehow. I don't know how, but it did. It scared them, they scared them to salvation. In my age, I don't even know this song. I think it's by um, Lady Gaga. I'm on the highway to hell, and my friends will be there too. Let these people sing it, and they are rocking and telling their friends, oh, we're going to hell together. So you can't tell a young person, millennial Gen Z, and say, you will go to hell. We're going there together, eh, I'm going to hell, eh? Hell is even a future. You have is a fiction of your imagination. Of course, who has seen there? Have you seen there before? They told us that there's a fire. The Bible says, did we see it? No. So nobody's going to take it seriously. What's hell and so? They will tell you that this life is the only life there is. So why are you scaring what they cannot see? What do you scare them? Can't work. <laughs> so it's, it's either you show them how God loves them, not by even saying God loves them, or God uses you to turn around a situation in their life that their science, their smartness, their connections cannot do. Because they have to see. It's, it's, when we're in a very, we're too smart for our good. Because of we're in a, we're in a tech age. So we just feel like we, we know everything. We are, we're too good. And because most people live in a bubble, so they forget their humanity. In English, what I mean is that because you, are, you might be guarded, good parents, good neighborhood, good job, good career, things and ability will be fine for you. You never be shot as before. You never be kidnapped. You never had any crazy tra traumatic experience. So you not begin to believe in that, um, over, that sense of shorty that I'm good. Nothing can happen to me. You know, I don't need God. I don't need people. I'm good on my own. Until something comes to tamper with that sense of assurance. And you now start feeling vulnerable. You now realize that I'm just man. I'm just a man. No, I'm just flesh and blood. Like it doesn't occur to you until that bubble has been burst. So most, a lot of young people, I'm saying most, a lot of young people are kind of in a little bubble like that. So because they're kind of doing well, maybe they're doing they're techie people, they're developers, whatever they are doing well, they're just fine. They're fine on their own. You know, so they just feel like we're good, we're good, we're good. I don't need anything because I'm good. Until you're no more good. But I'm not saying that you should wait for that to happen. I'm not a professor. I'm not a prophet of prophetess of doom. I'm just saying that. Typically, it can so it's if you're going to go to them on logic, my brother, my sister, you are filled on arrival. You cannot go to them in, you just wake up and say, okay, Ellie, I want to talk to you about Jesus. He's like one earpiece in the ears, playing music, and so okay. Okay, that's cool. That's what you have to say. Okay, that's thanks. Like, you cannot communicate like that. You need to go and pray that person to be open to whatever he wants to say, first of all. And your, the words that you're taking have to be inspired by God. Ever a scripture, an experience, a word in season. That their spirit, because you're not, 
See, we're spirit beings. And I hope what I'm saying, if I say that, you understand what I'm saying. We're, I feel like them that should standing beside me, so I'm translating for me. But basically, what I'm trying to say is we're spirit that lives in a body. If you, we're just spirit beings. You will explain it. What I'm just trying to say is that if you're going to meet somebody else, you're not speaking to their body. You're speaking to their spirit. So if you don't, if you've not done the work to make that spirit open to you, and sometimes that spirit is, I almost want, I almost wanted, I almost wanted to say oppressed or depressed, but like let's not go there. Let's not go too far. That person might have been somehow involved with the devil somehow, maybe harassed or whatever it is. So the person might not be open to you. A person may believe in sin. So the person is not, is not open naturally. So if you're not going prepared spiritually, the person might not be able to listen. The person may not be a bad person. It may not be snobbish. But the person cannot hear what you are saying. Because the spirit man is not open to you. So it's, it's, it's difficult to have, you can't be doing a spiritual work in the physical. Like Paul said, he said, have we, have we, uh, have we started in the spirit? Are we not going to go carnally? Are we not going to go carnally? Like, have the work we started in the spirit, you don't want to use the flesh to finish it. Where did that one start? That I trained you. That's, like, that's what I was telling them. I don't remember the, the church he was referring to. You cannot go and preach without praying for either the person, either in specifics or in general. See, your prayer cover, let me say this contextually, is even more important contextually than your theology. Because remember that it is not you. It's you that speaks the word. But it's God that causes that person to accept him and be converted to him. It's not you. So you may want to, have, want to read your New Testament three times, Old Testament five times before you go. And you go there and one scripture, you won't be able to open your mouth and say. Because you don't know how it will be done. Like Paul says, I plant the plus waters, but we don't know how. Somehow, somehow, God grants the increase and the, the, um, the tree grows. The tree grows. Despite what we think is supposed to happen scientifically, we don't know how it happens. We said that we woke up and we saw two leaves. That's literally what happens. So if there's something you want to learn from here is if you're going to preach to someone, spend time praying. You can also find scriptures if you think you want to share scriptures. It's important to scratch. The word of God is very important. The word of God is life. But spend time praying and do it from a place of love. Have it in your heart that I want to help this person not just be converted to Christianity. No, this is, a, is, a, is I don't want to say it's a way of life. It's, it's like we're on a kingdom assignment. It's, even that sounded very spiritual. You are showing them a different path. You're on this path that you might think is working. What you don't know is that with God, it's way better. It's way, way better. But they have to see it to run for it. Which is why sometimes you hear stories of people that maybe were Muslims or in the world, in courts. And tell you they're like, we didn't see it. We didn't know. If we had known, we would have followed you earlier. Because there's something that it does. But they are blind. So they have to be in a place, you have to be in a place where you are praying them to salvation. Praying them to salvation. Showing them God's love. You practicing living a life where you, you are treating, you are, you are putting in God's word and God's word is producing results for you and sharing that with them. In fact, one other thing I even 
works for me or people that I know is your space, whether it's your room or your house, making it a place that is heavy with prayer. Anybody comes to that space, in fact, they'll be looking for God. Let this happen all the time. Because you, you created a spiritual atmosphere that people that come in, whatever the spirits that you came with, you respond to God. Because this is a, is a fight. It's a fight. It's a fight for people's souls. A fight for people's souls. And if we need to be open, we need to be ready to be used by God. We need to grow beyond our daily bread and what our needs. God will meet all of these things. He has met them already. Grow beyond that and start taking responsibility for one soul, one person, one family member, one friend, one nation. And you, as you spend time just praying in love and saying, God, I want this person, I want this nation, I want this person to be saved. God will be leading you. You create atmospheres and, and opportunities for you to speak to those people. Opportunities for you to go to that country. Opportunities for other people to go and minister. Because we're all co-ministers together. Like Paul says, I plant the rose water. So you may be in Nigeria praying for Afghanistan. And somebody in Afghanistan will speak to the person to get saved. So sometimes it's teamwork. We're all working in different countries for the same purpose. And I'm not even joking. I'm actually serious. It's a, it's a commission that we're all working together in different locations with the same brief, the same message. We need to get people saved. So whether you are feeling, oh, I don't have knowledge, um, uh, people, people, see, people most times, what, what, what I think people we need to keep reminding ourselves is most people are caught up in their own life. So think about you. People don't think about you as much as you think they do. I promise you. They don't think about you. I told my mom sometimes, when she's like, oh, I wore that dress three weeks ago. I said, I, said, I promise you. I said, even what you wore last week, Sunday, most people cannot remember what you wore. Like, they don't even think twice about it. So you can repeat it, just nobody knows. They know, they know, they're not really looking at you two times. They think, they're like, what they're thinking of, they're like, if they tell you their story, you will know that they have enough they're thinking about. So focus on, not yourself in quotes, but focus on what is God doing and how can I join him? Even if it's a simple prayer, even if it's giving for missions, those who, who are on missions, either locally or internationally, but I want us to live with one thing, or whatever it is you're living with, that you are going to pray. You are going to pray. Are you going to change your prayer points from give me, give me, and forgive me to God, what are you doing? How can I join you? Praying for one person, one soul, one nation, one tribe. I'm praying for them. Praying for young people in Nigeria, in wherever country. God, that God will cause them to be open and yielded to him. Pray them out of the, 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 the hands of the enemy. Because when they battle together, whatever position that God gives you in that battle to fight, fight it. But we are going to win this battle in the name of Jesus. And we have to keep fighting with the word, fighting in prayer, fighting with all the armory, fighting with the power of the Holy Ghost, all the armory that God has given us because it's a battle that has already been won. God has, even, he has, he has, he has already died for the whole world. So all he's just saying is go and tell the person that, oh, I've paid the price, come in. Like, this is like an event that is paid for. Oh, they paid for you coming. That's literally, literally what we're doing. But God will help us to even do that bit well. Amen. Please, can we rise up to pray? I want us to pray and ask God that he's going to empower us. He's going to help us to pray more. He's going to help us to, to preach more. He's going to help us to love more, love people more. Love them to salvation. Consciously think about... 
how they are they may not be in Christ, how they may be be be, be in the hands of the enemy, even though they don't realize it, they don't they don't see how it is going on. But you are seeing that being in Christ there's a difference in my life. Being in Christ is a shorty that I'm protected by God. I want you to open your mouth and pray that God will give you the grace to pray. He'll give you the grace to, 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 to give, to love, to preach, to show them the good news, the power of God unto salvation. How this power can bring them from wherever they are struggling in life to a place of peace, a place of rest, a place of protection, a place of prosperity because Christ is ready to give them more than they can ever imagine. Let's begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Paluza has to take a posture. Magrama se tekerothra hasishikerebosta. Magrido se terekrothra hasishikerebosta. Magrama has to tekerebosta. Make root the halido for hasishikerebosta. Magrama se tekerebosta. Make root the keshikerebosta. Kitha has to tekerebosta. Magra has to tekerebosta. Magida boosa has to tekerebosta. Magida boofa has to tekerebosta. Ledusa has to tekerebosta. Ledova has to tekerebosta. Kishikerebosta. Magrama has to tekerebosta. Lord, we surrender to you today. We surrender to you today. We ask that you lead us. You teach us. You give us the grace, the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. The way you gave the disciples in Acts. That you come and fill us afresh this evening, God. Fill us with your boldness. Fill us with your power. Fill us with a love for the nations. A love for the unsaved. Fill us with a desire. A passion for souls. Come and fill us with your Holy Ghost today, oh God. Come and fill us with your Holy Ghost today, oh God. Magina Master, take a bosha. Lady, get a bosha. Lamada, Cassa, get a bosha. Eh, Magina Bosha. Magina Becassa, take a bosha. Oh, Marquesa, get a bosha. Oh, my leader, get a bosha. Lord, we are active members of your army, oh God. Oh, send us. Send us. Send us. In this battle for souls, God, we want to be present. We want to be present. We want to be active. We want to do your will. Malide Karaba. Makasa Tegrebosha Gerebosha. Malide Kerebosha. Beluda has to get a bosha. Ledosa has to get a bosha. Malide Kesu get a bosha. Malaba has to get a bosha. Kishi get a bosha. Melide has to get a bosha. Kishi get a bosha. Makra has to get a bosha. Mele has to get a bosha. Magraba has to get a bosha. Melide has to get a bosha. Makre has to get a bosha. Malide Kerosa has to get a bosha. Lide Kerosa has to get a bosha. Magreba has to get a bosha. Lada has to get a bosha. Makine has to get a bosha. Makis get a bosha. Fill us with boldness, O God. Fill us with boldness, O God. That we may go out to preach the gospel. Preach with our lifestyle. Preach with the word of God. Oh, Lord, we, we surrender to you, O God. We surrender to you, O God. God. We surrender to you, oh God. Come and use us for your will. Come and use us for your purposes. Come and use us for your will. Use us to bring sinners to you. Use us to bring sinners to you. Makina Baha says, Get a bosha. Eh, Makarabasa. Eh, Makere Bosha. Ah, Malide Kerebosha. Use us, oh God, for your will. 
and your purposes. We are ready to be used by you, oh God. We are ready to be used by you, oh God. We are ready to be used by you, oh God. Hey. Oh, come and fill us afresh with your spirit. Come and fill us afresh with your spirit. Fill us with boldness. Fill us with power. Fill us with love. That when we go out in your power. Oh, that they know their God, it shall be strong and do exploit. Oh, that we desire to know you, oh God, fill us with your strength. Help us to do exploits for your kingdom. Oh, Malika Oh, Lord, we are on fire for you, oh God. We are on fire for you, oh God. We want to be used by you. We want to be used by you. We want to join you in your work. We want to join you in your work. We want to join you in your work and bring people to the kingdom in their numbers, in their hundreds, in their thousands nations to you, oh God. We want to be used by you, oh God. Help us. Show us the way we should go. Help us, oh Lord. Come and show us our path to play in this work. Oh, come and show us what to do. Come and show us what to do. We are ready to be used by you, oh God. We are ready to be used by you, oh God. Come and use us, oh God. Come and use us, oh God. Come and use us, oh God. Lord, we are desperate. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your worth that has gone forth today. We ask that you, you, you go with the word and let it germinate and bring forth fruits. We ask for those that have received assignment, those that have received encouragement, those that have received, did they receive the strength? to pray. Those that have been struggling to pray before now and they've received the strength to pray. Those that have been struggling to study the word and they've received the strength to go and know God more. Those that have not been thinking about the same people around them, they've received a sense of urgency to go forth and pray for them to salvation, to love them to salvation, to give them to give to them salvation, to go and speak to them in boldness, under instruction by God. Makira we thank you for the harvest of souls, oh God. <laughs> we thank you for the harvest of souls, oh God. We thank you because you are the only one that sends on our assignment and you go with the ones to do the work. We thank you because the right reason of the world share today, many shall be brought to save to salvation. Lord, we thank you for the work that you have done. For the ones that received a word of encouragement, those that received a vision, those that have received a calling from you, those that have decided to, to leave their one and knees and surrender to you to be used by you in this season oh lord we thank you we thank you because we know that you are god and you are god alone and there's no one like you lord we surrender all to you we are joining you in your work come and minister life unto us come and direct us in the way we should go come and show us what we need to do help us to do the work of ministry with you help us to be active in this battle for lost souls help us to play a pivotal path in this journey in this work of restoring men back to God because we are ministers of reconciliation 
God. And you have appointed us to go forth to bring men who are held down by the yoke of sin and the stronghold of the enemy. And we are going out in our numbers to bring them back to Christ, to bring them back to salvation, to bring them back to redemption and to, to, to the way of life. So it's a life full of abundance and abundance life. We thank you, Jesus, because the work that you've started in us, you alone will complete it. For you are the one who works in us to dwell and to do of your good pleasures. We are graceful, Lord Jesus. For in Jesus' name we prayed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.